Hey guys, and welcome back to the latest Teach of Tomorrow podcast episode with your co-host, Matt, soon to be Mr. Aldrin. And your co-host, Sam, soon to be Mr. Gregory. And we are here to share our journey, experiences, and views on all things education. Hey guys, and welcome back to the latest podcast episode, where today we'll be talking about the topic of teacher and parent relationships. And delighted to say we've been joined by current head teacher and Sam's former employer, Nicola Bennett. Uh, First of all, before we get started, how and why did you employ Sam? <laughs> I, mean, I ask myself that question all the time. <laughs> I know. When I heard that he was bringing you on, I thought, God, he's brave. She's even braver. <laughs> I only brought you on because you're a teacher. If you were just a normal teacher, you wouldn't be on, Nicola. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be so rude, John Van. Um, I, I, met, I met Sam. Is it three years ago, Sam? Four years ago? Three, four years ago, yeah. Yeah. Um, and he, he did some sports coaching with a company that I used to um, employ at my school. And I just saw real potential in him. Um, and sometimes, you know, he didn't have the experience, but I could see a spark in him. And, and schools are about people. Um, and it is, it is your job as a head teacher to um, really help people to grow and develop. And I saw a real potential in Sam. Uh, don't let your head get any bigger um and um I offered him a role and he was really honest with me and I, I respected that and he said you know I don't know if I actually want to go to university um and I don't know if it's for me and I said right well why do you get some work experience and really see if, if school is what you want and he stayed with me for two years and then I helped him um you know get onto his, his course and he, he's, he's he's proven me right that he, he was exactly cut out to be a teacher and yeah, here he is yeah. now you are to thank for the prodigy that is <laughs> I, I Sam am. Gregory, Mr. Gregory. I am. Yeah, wow. I, am. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, that, I'm that, like that, a proud that, mummy. Yeah, I was going to say that, that phone call the, the night before the UCAS deadline to get my uh, uh yeah, one, one, one is finest hour ringing me at eight <laughs> o'clock on a Sunday night. Oh, my email ain't been working. Yes, yeah, Sam, right, Sam. When do you need you cast? Uh, by like tomorrow. <laughs> I was like, "Are you joking me?" <laughs> the P forty five was please... already ready. It was ready. Yeah, it, well, it, yeah. well it's it'd been ready a few times. It was just kept in my top drawer. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be pleased to know that he's actually improved on his organisation, and out of the two of us, probably more organised than me. So maybe I'm glad you, to hear maybe it. you All gave those him lectures. Have paid yeah. off. They have. They actually have. I tell you what, he's a new man. As you see, look at him. He's a new man. I don't tell you what, um, to be fair, mate. All, all I used to do is turn up squirt in like tracksuits and stuff. I'm actually wearing a polo <laughs> shirt for this. Yeah, but you did have to ask me beforehand what I was wearing, just so you knew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you don't, you know, don't don't take full credit for that. Um, <laughs> Nicola, delighted to have you on. Just before we get started, um, anyone wants to get in touch with us after the episode. Find us on Instagram at the Teachers of Tomorrow um, or on Twitter at TFT Pod. Like I say, we've got some uh, some questions that have come in from a few listeners um, online. So at the end, Sam will introduce them, uh, which would be nice to round off for a change. Uh, a few quick fire questions, but yeah, no, it's going to be just like I say, great to have you on. And I know Sam's going to start with uh, a couple of questions. Well, just firstly, Nicola, I was just wondering if, for those of you you don't you don't really know Nicola, what do you want to talk about a little about your background, your t- teaching experience, being an assistant, and obviously now being a head teacher? So, what's where have you been, and how long has it taken you to get to the, the top, essentially? But I'm sure there's yeah. further. Yeah. 
Um, so I actually did international business and French um, as a degree. Um, and it, teaching wasn't in my um, flight path, if you like. Um, and I had to spend the third year of my degree um, in France. And I thought, what am I going to do? So I actually applied for a job um, in um, in Paris, uh, working in a catering school. So where French chefs were learning to learning the art of, of chefing and silver service. Um, and I was the English teacher, but I was only 21 at the time and the chefs were like 20. So it was quite scary, really, being the, being this tiny blonde girl, like, you know, seven and a half stone, five foot one um, in a catering school full of French chaps. Um, and through that, I absolutely loved teaching these, these guys English. So I came back, finished my degree. Um, and then thought, right, I'll go do a, a, a primary PGC. So I did that at Newcastle, um, loved it. And then I came home um, and I got a job at um, Newhall Park Primary School, which is um, was a fab school um, in a real area of deprivation. Learned so much um, about behaviour management. Um, and then I became Senko after two years, loved it. Um, and then an assistant headship job came up at Cross Flats. I applied, I got it. Um, totally different catchment, totally different um, style of teaching. I had to change my teaching completely um, when I moved there because the children were very different. Um, and then I was deputy for eight years. Um, and then Hillary, amazing head teacher, amazing mentor, taught me everything I know about leadership. Um, she told me she was retiring and it was, I'd worked really hard with Hillary and the school um, to, to move the school um, into a really strong position. And it was at that point I had to think to myself long and hard, right, it's either I didn't want to be the wingman anymore um, and I'd been Hillary's wingman for a long time and it was either I decide to put my head above the parapet and go for headship there or leave. And I thought, you know what, I'm not about to let somebody else ride on my coattails. I've done all the hard work. Um, there's no way I'm going to let somebody else come in and wreck this school. So I decided to go for the headship. I went through the front door. It was all external. It was a two-day event of, of having to do all sorts of assessments. And I'm glad I did that because all the staff saw me go externally against five other candidates. And I, I um, was offered that headship through my own um, merit. And Hillary had been there for such a long time. And they said to me, one of the questions in the interview, they said, uh, big shoes to fill when Hillary leaves. How are you going to fill her shoes? And I said, you know what? I'm not. I'm going to walk in my own shoes. Um, I've got lots of nice pairs of shoes um, and I will walk my own walk. Um, and, um, you know, I'm infamous for it. I never have flat shoes on. I always have um, high heels on. Um, and I do feel I'm like... I'm not surprised if you're five foot one. <laughs> <laughs> the, now, what do you yeah, need six are, yeah, yeah, six are taller than me. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> it's not hard. Um, <laughs> and it was, it was time to, to go for it. And I, I've never looked back, really. And I really see Cross Flats as, as my school now, um, you know, but with an amazing team of people, um, uh, you know, around me um, who, you know, deliver an amazing diet for those children, um, you know, every day. And I'm, I'm really proud to be the head teacher. Uh, and before Sam jumps in with another question, I'll just say that, you know, from speaking to Sam uh, off air and just through uni and stuff, yeah, he's had nothing but praise for the school and for yourself. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to obviously getting to know you, you better and just yeah. hearing more about what you guys are doing over at Crossflats because yeah. it um, sounds brilliant from, from what Sam's told it me. It is. It, I'm biased, but it is a fantastic <laughs> school to work at. I, I have my nice moments. I, I have bit you. I have bit, bit you up quite quite a lot. To be fair, Nicholas, so, so yeah. 
Yeah, so he's waiting. I'll, I'll send you a I'll send you a check later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here it comes. Always about the money. Yeah. He literally, oh my god, he literally is. He is. <laughs> now I know where he gets it from. It's about the bottom line. <laughs> yeah. Dollar, dollar bills, that's it. <laughs> so it was interesting there that you, you spoke about um your different role your different roles ever since basically you started your, your PGCA. So obviously this episode's about um teaching parent relationships. So how was your roles like over the years from being a teacher, being, even being a student teacher, and now obviously being a head teacher, how has that changed? But more specifically, how has your relationship with parents changed within those roles? Yeah, um, when you're a, a you know a newly qualified teacher or a student teacher or a class teacher, you, you know you you see those those um, parents every day, um, and it's it's super important and i always say three things i want children to come to our school i want them to feel safe safe in all senses of the word as in safe uh, physically safe but also emotionally safe so that they'll they'll take risks with their learning i want them to be happy and i want them to achieve you can't do those three things if you haven't got a relationship with parents and that relationship when you're a teacher is on the door I know at the moment we can't be on the door because of, of, of life um, but when when life is if we ever go back to normal it's so important that parents are see you every day can contact you whenever they fit you know they need to speak to you um, and as, as, as I've you know gone through the ranks um, I, I, I make it absolute priority of mine to to forge relationships with with our parents because they are entrusting their most precious thing that that the love of their lives to us every day it's such a privilege to um be, be given that honor um, that they choose our school so i make it absolutely my business to find out a bit about each family so that i know the ins and outs of them and and i know just like with children as a teacher you make it that you know what brings out the best in each child. Some ch children need a joke. Some children need a stern word. Some children need um, a, a bit of banter. Parents are exactly the same. So it's really important that you get to know each parent and how they tick and how they want to work a relationship because that we might be the oil in the tank, but they're the petrol in the tank. And if we haven't got both things working, then and then we're not going to we're not going to have synergy and we're not going to move down the road, um, you know, with their child. So um, I, I probably see less of parents, but I see parents when they tell me things are either really good and they want to share something amazing with me or when things are as great or something's happened in their personal life or they're not happy with something at school. And, and then it's my job to sort of, to see them um, and, and, you know, and, and to forge a way forward. But I pride myself on, working really hard to develop and it's a two-way street it is a relationship so sometimes we're not always going to agree and that's part of a healthy relationship to respectfully sometimes disagree on something and that but that's okay also um to to, to do that um as you know because it's you can't always get along um, you know, because when you, you you might decide you're going to teach something and a pet might not agree with it. And that's why it's, it's your role as a teacher to explain so parents understand why you're doing what you're doing. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. Um, and it, it's, it's a really important subject, actually, because it's one, I think, for us student teachers that we're, it's one of them where you're going to learn on the job. 
you know, Absolutely. You, you need that experience and they can yeah. tell us, we, you can learn as much as we want in lectures and things like that, but until we're face to face and until we're in front of the kids and until, you know, we experience the, the parents themselves, it's, it is very much hands on and that, that's where you're going to learn, learn that skill. Um, yeah. As you said, through, through your career, you've done various roles um, and you've said it's obviously changed the, the, the amount of uh, exposure you have to parents maybe now compared to when you were obviously a classroom teacher. Would you say there's any particular moments with parents that have sort of influenced the way you've changed or do you think it um, sort of the way you've dealt with parents or do you think it is purely situational per parent, sort of per, per child, that kind of thing? Um, no, I th- I've learned lots of things along the way. I think one important thing is to always remember that you don't know what experience a parent's had themselves at school. And a parent might have had a really amazing experience at school and see education really positively. But you might have a parent who had an awful experience at school, might not have finished school. And so sometimes they might be underneath a bit scared about coming into school because they might feel that you're going to... Um, make fun of them or put them on the spot you know if you're doing workshops and things like that so sometimes those parents you, you need to be really careful that you engage all parents and you don't assume anything um, another thing is sometimes we only see the tip of the iceberg so a parent might come in and be you know really upset over something and that isn't the thing that they're really upset over and when you've actually calmed them down and you've unpicked it something else is going on in that family's life that you had no idea about and sometimes we're people aren't we and and we can take you know if a parent sends a nasty email or a or a letter you can take real offense to it and sometimes it's you've got to learn to take a step back and not take it personally and think hang on let, let me try and unpick this and then when you get to the root of it there's something else that 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 might be going on in that in that family's life that is a bigger thing than the thing they've complained about if does that make sense um so that's really important another thing is sometimes the best thing to do is absolutely nothing so if a parent um sends an email um you know nine o'clock at night on a sunday night and they're furious about something your instinct is to is to defend and, and and bite back and that can be an absolute disaster so sometimes the best thing to do is just to let some time go by breathe sleep on it and then the next day come back and um, have a conversation when i've been sent emails about um my staff that sometimes can be you know can be a little bit um you know not very nice my instinct is to defend my staff immediately the times i've gone at knee-jerk reaction and responded are the times I've regretted doing that. And so that's something else I've learned. You know, obviously I don't mean a safeguarding situation. You know, if a parent rang you with a sick, you wouldn't dream of leaving it and doing nothing. But if somebody's coming at you with a rant, um, I think it's really important that you you just take a moment because you, you work so hard as a teacher and you do everything with the, with the child's best interest. And sometimes you might not have thought it from a parent's point of view. And, um, you know, I, for an example, um, sometimes at my school, we go on amazing trips and we usually, obviously before Corona times, we go on about 16 trips a year across, across school. But sometimes my teachers don't always liaise with each other. So you might have a trip in year three, that's 20 pounds. And you might have a trip in year five, that's 20 pounds. Well, if you're a parent on a low income and you've got to find 40 pounds, I can see why those parents are, 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 are a little bit upset about it. But yeah. then my staff are just working hard to plan a fun trip. 
so I can see it from both perspectives and I can see how my staff might sort of jump to a defense when really they need to sort of take a step back and think actually they've got a point I can see what yeah. they're saying do you, do you know what I mean yeah um, definitely. so that, that's another lesson that you know I've learned um through time and also never assume anything um I once um said to a a, a chap who you know was a little bit senior oh are you son so's granddad and he went no I'm his dad and I was absolutely mortified so <laughs> another thing never assume anything about family relations because all families are different and you, you just you just never know so um, there's another little tip for you so many tips already. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to write. I'm trying to write them down as we go along, but I've also got to remember what to ask you. So I'm like trying to multitask. It's not going down well at all. Uh, but it, it, you're talking there from a lot from a lot of experience, and it sounds like it, there's so many sort of external factors you need to take it take into account when you when it comes to sort of teacher relationships and and being a teacher and, and building them relationships with parents. And it's it's really important, I think, for for student teachers like ourselves to kind of understand that because um, again, you know, just coming from a, a university bay, uh, place and a lot of mine and Sam's degree particularly was very much like in the university. And, but for someone like myself who is this year going to a PC is going to be sort of thrown in um, to more experience in the classroom. It's, it's just great to get that, that sort of information now and that advice now, because it's it definitely helped me when I'm thinking about communicating with parents for the first time and for the first few months taking into account sort of what is going on or what potentially could be going on outside of the school the school exactly. playground i think it's really important that parents feel you've listened to them and sometimes not speaking just doing a lot of listening um really helps because then they feel that they've been heard and that you've understood and i think it's also really important if you say you know if they come in and say my child's fallen out with somebody or they're being bullied that you say to them right I'm, I need time to go and investigate that, but I'm going to come back to you and I'm going to come back to you by 12 o'clock today because then they know that you're taking it seriously and you're going to do something about it and that, that, to, that they're dropping off their, their treasure to you. And if that child's been upset overnight, to that parent, it's massive. To us, it's just one job of, of 10 we might have been given that morning. But to that parent, it's everything. And I think it's really important that you always carry through what you say you're going to do and even if you're super busy and it means you can't eat your ham sandwich at lunchtime tough luck it's more important that you go ring that parent up and say right this is what i found out and this is what i'm going to do about it um and so that parents then they'll build up trust comes from repeated positive experience doesn't it yeah. um so parents need to build up brick by brick that trust with you and that takes an academic year you know to, to develop that um and it's a slow process but parents once they have faith in you then they've got faith in you forever um you know and, you, and, you, and you've won them over but it does take time um you know to do that and stick by you what you say um would would be you know what you promise you know stick to it because parents will remember that yeah i feel, feel like as well um my touch on it as well and obviously you have a lot of experience from teaching and obviously being a head teacher a lot of these situations that you might come, come across it is it is purely experience and situational like you won't learn it on your pgca but i'm no. looking, i'm looking at the fact that yeah i worked at crossfats for, for a couple of years and obviously i've continued to work in schools so i've always been in and around parents and stuff like that and i remember having conversations with you about like how to deal with certain situations or being in the office with you dealing with certain situations and 
yeah, it might, might, might be new at the time. It might be like scary, but at the end of the day, it's going to set you up well for the future. And you just got to, like I said, stay calm. I think one of the interesting things that you said earlier was about um, the email uh, and sometimes just saying nothing. What I find quite interesting about that is, is that parent who sent that ranty email, for example, they're literally at that moment really angry and venting sort of thing. So if you come back to them, they're already in a position where they want an argument. So for both sides, the best things to do is like not to say anything. And the only way that you're going to learn that, well, hopefully for this, po- for this podcast, people will learn that, but it's through experience, like, uh, uh, like you said. So that is really, really beneficial with some of the things that you said. And it kind of ties in with the, the next question. So you've outlined uh, from your experience, what is the best way uh, for parents uh, and teachers to, to communicate effectively on to build strong relations. And you've spoken about your own experiences on that. Now there's other factors regarding like communication in schools now. So I know different schools like use rewarding systems. So like there's a way for parents to communicate that way. Parents evenings or like um, the parent teacher association is, is, is another way for um, parents and teachers uh, to communicate with each other. How effective do you feel like these alternative methods are and do you think it helps build a relationship with parents within the school? Yes, I do. I, I do and I don't. You know me, Sam. I'm a people person. Um, so I prefer eye contact and I prefer to see somebody in person yeah. or I prefer to speak to somebody on the telephone. Um, we do use Dojo Messenger in, in school for communication. Um, and um, the only thing with it is sometimes, just like a text message, it can be misinterpreted. Yeah. So. A, a tone could be misinterpreted and a parent or a, a member of staff might interpret it in the wrong way whereas if you had added qu- on any emails are the same you can read into it and think well what do you mean by that when you don't mean anything by it so yeah. i personally and i know you can't ring up every parent every day but if it's just a transactional quick you know uh when do they need to bring in the wellies or something then yeah go for it with those kind of quick instant messages but when you get a, a letter that's talking about some a child's personal circumstances or, or somebody wants to have a conversation with you about something, pick up the phone. Never, ever, ever get into an email rally because it's like a, it's like a tennis match and, and it gets you nowhere. Where a five-minute phone call at lunchtime could completely sort out an issue sorted before it even becomes anything. Um, so, yes, we do use... Um, uh, dojo messenger but with caution the only other thing i would say to my staff is that it's in business hours so i don't find I, it's really important that we keep that line um of, of professionalism and i don't want my staff for their own work-life balance because it's so easy because it comes up on their phone replying to dojo messages at seven and eight o'clock at night it's it's not right and at weekends because you also need time off to, to sharpen your swords and parents yeah. will email at nine o'clock at night and and it's so easy. I'll just quickly reply, no, because you need to set a boundary of, of what is appropriate. So at my school, we say it's between eight and five. And I, I think that's appropriate. Um, you know, that our, my staff will respond at between eight in the morning and five at night. And, and after that, it, you'll have to wait till the following um, morning. Um, so parents uh, meetings, parents evenings, super important really important that you get to see those parents on a you know face to face i always get my staff if a parent doesn't turn up to give them a ring 
you know would you like to make another time to come and see us because it's it's really important that they get that time to celebrate the child the child's successes and also to say well we just need to work on this next so that they know exactly what they're what what it feels like for their child every day when they, they go to school because they're with us more through the week than they are with the families because by the time they get home they might have after you know after school activities it's a quick turnaround dinner bed whereas they spend the best part of the day with us through the the, the week so it's super important that 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 that's shared pta again really important um, we have an amazing pta at cross flats who you know have raised thousands over the years and I, I i do think it's important that every single member of my staff take their turn to you know go to a disco go to um a, a summer event or go to the christmas fair and that our parents see us in a slightly different guise as not as formally if you like as as being in the classroom um and and that's when you learn about parents and having a chat about you know where you're going on holiday and when we're ever allowed to go on holiday um you know what um you know what's going on in the family's life and you start to find out little bits and pieces it's just like when you take children on residential you get to see a different yeah. side to them well it's exactly the same when you go to discos or you go to the summer fair you talk to families um in a in a less formal way and you you'll pick up little nuggets of information and think oh i didn't know that and you might meet grandma granddad extended family stepbrothers stepsisters you know and and, and that's a really important element of, of that child's um picture of, of their life if you like and do you just a follow-up question for that one actually do you feel that having that sort of leisurely time where you, where you come into contact with the parents, maybe in a less format, formal environment, um, sort of builds that trust that you're talking about earlier. Yeah, exactly. And, and they see that you're a human as well. Cause again, going back to what I said earlier, some parents are really wary of teachers because that might be because they had some old battle acts when we were at school who <laughs> ridiculed them and made them feel, um, you know, stupid or, um, made them feel you're talking about Sam? <laughs> and it's important that parents see us as um as you know we are human we do have a sense of humor and uh, we do like to have a a, a giggle and you know and, and a bit of fun with them as well so and when they see you at a disco they think oh actually she's not that miserable you know she is actually quite fun um you know so um I, I imagine I anyone saying that to you. as well <laughs> i have my moments <laughs> I can't imagine that's maybe we've just caught you on a good day. I don't know, but <laughs> no, if I'm you're sure a head some, teacher, <laughs> some parents say otherwise on a Monday morning, stood in the rain outside. <laughs> <laughs> won't be allowed. Won't be allowed to anymore, will you? No, we don't do that, that anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, Nicola Sam's told me that you've got a fantastic um, SEND sort of inclusion department at your school um and you take a lot of uh, snd children from the local authorities apparently is that um, am i right in saying that um in terms of parent and teacher relationships on that that aspect how do you sort of manage the expectations of both the parents and the children uh, for when they're coming across maybe into your school for the first time or from the local authorities like how do you sort of build that trust and that relationship whilst managing their expectations yeah so we have a 16 place dsp a designated specialist provision for children um, with a diagnosis of autism 
Um, so many of those children have uh, been at other settings and it, not through any fault of those settings, but it, they just haven't had the resources to be able to meet the child's needs. So many of those children come to us in absolute crisis and the family and um, the child might have been uh, excluded multiple times and all that family have ever done is fight, fight for their child, fight to get their child's voice heard. So I start at ground zero, I, we start again. Um, often those parents are really suspicious, there's no trust, they've no faith left in education, they're tired, um, they're, they're sick of fighting and they just want some help. And I'm really mindful, you know, those children are amazing children, as Sam will, uh, you know, um, attest to because he's worked with children in our DSP. But those children are really demanding and challenging. And we have those children for six hours a day. The rest of the time, they're with their families. And we go home to our own lives and switch off. They, they don't. Um, so the first thing I will do is I, I'll talk to them and um, I'll explain to them that it, it's, it's different at Cross Flats. We're not going to exclude your child. Um, I remember um, a child um, threw, a, um, threw a lunchbox at me and, and said a naughty word. Um, and I spoke to the family about it because at the time I was building up, you know, a relationship with them. And they said, all right, so how many days? And I said, pardon, what do you mean? How many days? How many days are you excluding him for, um, Mrs. Bennett? And that had been learned behaviour that at a previous setting, um, that the child would be excluded. And I, you know, and I said, I'm not excluding him, you know, because if I exclude him for that, he'd be going home every day. Um, and we have to, you know, we have to work really hard with those children, but they know that, um, you know, we, we have real strict, really clear boundaries in place, um, but, but they're not going to get to go home because some of those children, that's their goal. Um, so they'll push and push and push. And we often go through a rocky period when those children arrive and there's lots of conversations with the family, not ringing up and your child's done this and your child's done that. It's the testing the boundary and this is what we're going to do together so that they know that you and I are working absolutely shoulder to shoulder and, and that there's, they're not going to play one off against the other. Um, and those, that, those conversations can be, can be difficult, again, because those parents don't want to be remote at work and don't want to have to have a conversation and they're tired. Um, but it's really yeah. important that those children understand that we are in partnership and it's a genuine partnership with their families because we want, just like the mums and dads and, and, and families want, the very best for them. Um, so it can be really challenging, but I think it's about being brutally honest with each other. Um, and having if we have to have hourly contact then then we do that you know so that parents yeah. know um and again it's about building up faith and trust but that takes time um with those those families and, and do you feel that because like as you said these these children are demanding have got um different needs maybe to the rest of of the school do you feel like the skills you may be talking about earlier with building up that classroom rapport with your class as a classroom teacher do you think they are transferable or do you think you almost need a, a different set of skills or a different approach to um to they, are they are no they are transferable absolutely because our children in our dsp are part of our school 
Um, they're yeah. at the heart of our school. So they, they join in a class just like everybody else. And yeah, as a class teacher, you might just have to have a little bit more patience and you might have to go home and think mm, that didn't quite work for him or her today. I'm going to have to find a different way in for, you know, and it might need a little bit of reflection and time to sort of just think it through a bit more. But I think having those children, I won't be without our DSP because it makes us better practitioners. It makes us better educationalists because... Yeah. If, if we can meet the needs of those children, then we can meet the needs of every child um, in, our, yeah. in our school, um, you know. So, um, yeah, it takes practice. Um, and to start with, you know, if a child's acting up, they're acting up because they're frustrated, um, because they're not, they're, they're, they're struggling with something. So if we can deal with the frustration, then the behaviour will, will de-escalate. And yeah. if, if we've thought about meeting those children's needs, well, all child, every child's the same. Any child will feel frustration if, if, we, if we haven't quite got the pitch right um, and, and it's a little bit out of their reach and we haven't, found, we haven't provided them with enough resources to help them. Um, then, so I think being a teacher of a DSP child actually accentuates you, your skill set as, as a teacher of, of every child. Yeah. Um, I probably I was going to say I probably should have been a bit clearer, but I just meant um, what about the par parent side of things about building that relationship up with their parents? Because you're saying obviously they they come from a different different school, whatever. Do you think that it's maybe a bit different to to no, the, the they're, they're, the they're, same. It's the same. At the end of the day, it's it, it, they're a parent of a child that they love and adore, and they, they yeah, could yeah. have had a really difficult journey from birth with that child you don't know the journey that they've been on and those families deserve absolute respect for you know for, for the for, for the road they've traveled and that we sit down and to begin with do a lot of listening because nobody knows a child like the parent knows the child so yeah. sometimes it's about just listening and and finding what are the triggers um what upsets the child what um what delights the child, what motivates the child and, and the parent's going to be a really good source of information for that. So just like when you're getting to know other children in your class, you might spend longer with those parents and speak to them more frequently than any other parent. But that's a good thing because then you're going to settle their child in and then that parent's going to start to relax. And, and their shoulders are going to come down and they're going to think, actually, my child is safe. My child is happy and my child is achieving which are the three things I said at the beginning that I would yeah. want for any child um, in, in, in our school, regardless of whether they have a diagnosis of autism or not. Yeah, absolutely. I think interesting as well, because obviously my experience within school and working as a LSA came from working with you and in, in the DSP and actually like, actually wanted to come and teach actually extended from that. Like, I mean, originally I was fuming about the fact that you wanted me to, like, <laughs> I, was, yeah, I was livid, like, oh, yeah. But to be fair, like, not just the exposure to the classroom, but actually the engagement uh, with the parents, not just with the, the child that I was working with, but actually the children within that class as well. Like, they were all factors to why I wanted to become a teacher as well, because, like, I had more engagement and I was exposed at the actual school more than, obviously, just being fixated on PA so even though I still don't like you to this day for that I will give you some credit did Nicola know best Sam did Nicola know Nicola knew best pays me to say it but yeah there's nothing I there's nothing I enjoy hearing more I did unfortunately but yeah Sam was wrong nothing I enjoy more than hearing that that is for sure but Sam was unreal at the job oh my days never that's because you had you had 
you had unreal mentors that oh, yeah, you yeah. to do it. This is where I get my big head from. Now, now you know. <laughs> it was already there before me, I can imagine. <laughs> we had to widen all the door frames at our school, you know, to fit his head through. <laughs> Yeah, so it's probably probably because of his shoulders, because at the gym constantly. <laughs> no, at the time he used to have a giant hair flick, so uh, the flick went yeah. before him. <laughs> I had to I, yeah, I had to get rid of that. <laughs> you did. You absolutely did. So, <laughs> obviously, both me and Matty are in our in our training years, like many other uh, students, and obviously there'll be many um, training teachers going uh, who are at your school as well. You've touched on loads and loads of different pieces of advice, but what would you say the main pieces of advice are for me and Matt, for example, who this year and obviously next year when we start into two years, what is the best advice for us building relationships with, with parents? Um, I, I think, first of all, think, I know this sounds ridiculous, but um, thinking about your physical appearance. Um, so, you know, clean shaven, you know, hair clean, shirt and tie on, or, you know, shoes shiny because... I would think to myself, well, if they can't be bothered to take care of themselves, how do I know they're going to take care of my child? So, you know, it's really important. You don't look bedraggled. You don't look exhausted. You know, it's really important that you look fresh faced and that you've got eye contact, you're smiley, you're positive. Even if you're feeling exhausted and you've had a little cry the night before that life's so hard, tough luck. You, it, part of being a teacher is, is being an actor and an actress and, and you need to go out there full of enthusiasm, you know, and come on in. I know it's a different time at the moment, but it's really important as a, as a trainee, you know, parents know you're a trainee and they need to quickly have confidence in you. And, and that comes from, you know, a first impression. So th they'll have sized you up when you stood on the door, you know, or you're on the playground. If you're stood there with, I don't mean you, um, Sam, with chip nail polish on and click tights, it don't create the best impression because I think, well, you're not going to take care of yourself. So how are you going to take care of my child's needs? So that's really important. It's really important that, um, that again, like I've said, if a parent comes to you with a concern, treat it seriously, even though you're trying to mark, you're trying to plan, you're trying to, you're trying to run all the show and, and you're feeling overwhelmed. It's really important that you, you do do what you've said you'll do for that parent. Um, and you will come back to them, you will return the phone call, um, you will see them at the end of the day, um, so that parents think, oh, actually, they, they, they are taking my concerns seriously. Um, that's really important. Um, and just being um, a presence, I think, you know, so that they can see you, even if you're scared, and I can remember my first parents' evening, you know, absolutely quaking inside, but it's really important that you, you, you're, you, they put a face to the name and you, you're out there with your mentor, hello, good morning, I'm, I'm Mr. Gregory, nice to meet you. Or, and they know that you know about their child because there's nothing worse than going to a parents' evening and sitting there and thinking, you don't actually know my child it's really important that they know that you do and you know a, bit, a little bit about Sophie who loves swimming and Billy who loves reading and Finley who's really into his rugby, that you found out a little thing about their child because then they think, oh, actually, they have taken the time to get to know my, my, child, my, my son or daughter. Um, and then they'll buy into you um, and have confidence in, in, in you more. Um, I, think, I think those things are really important. I don't know about you, Sam, but for me, like, I think 
building their relationships and the thing like parents even and stuff that's probably something that i'm most looking forward to like having your own class and and having that time to sort of stamp your stamp your mark on the class get to know them um, and make their relationships that for me is probably more exciting than me still at the front of class teaching english do you know what I mean? Like that, that, that's, that's what I'm looking for. I'd probably say is I'd probably be looking forward to more. I don't know. I can only imagine you're the same, Sam. Yeah. I just think, I don't know. I just think everything ties in into each other. I don't, like for me, I don't, I don't mind the, the interaction with, with the parents on the, on the doorstep, like just hearing about children's weekends or what they've been up to. And yeah, I think, I think the opportunity parents evening to actually show the parents that you actually care about each child because actually you know something about each child's like what makes them individual essentially and what what makes them tickle or what what might something that they might be really good at i think parents actually will really really start to appreciate that and obviously that you've touched on as well nicola like that's where the, the trust comes from especially when they hear that that's when there might be a moment like the parents might go actually you know what they do actually care they do know they do know my child and actually they've got their best interests at heart here Exactly. And then if you run into a sticky wicket when you need to have a conversation that might maybe tricky, parents are going to be more receptive to you um, to have that conversation because they'll think, oh, well, actually, they do know my child and they do want the best for my child. So I might not be liking what they're saying, but I can see that they're saying it for the right reasons rather than a parent seeing that you're, you're, you're criticising their child necessarily. Yeah. And so, like I said, today we've had some questions coming from a few listeners, which I know Sam's going to touch on in a minute. But just quickly, obviously, next year or this year, as it is at the moment, is slightly different um, for trainees like myself and Sam and the listeners. That most of the people that do listen to this are trainees, student teachers. Um, how do you think it's going to be different this year for for us going in to? to maybe build their relationships with parents now that we aren't able to be on the door or we aren't maybe able to come into contact with them as often. Like what advice would you have for, for us going into, into schools, you know, next month or two? I think it is really tricky and it's just unfortunate, isn't it? That, that the times we're in at the moment, but then we just have to be creative, don't we? So if it was me, um, I would probably send out a little, you know, a little note or a little handwritten note, you know, hi, my name is, you know, Mrs. Bennett. I, I'm, you know, really excited to be taking over your class, the class, you know, uh, these are a few things about me, blah, blah, blah. So that they get to, there's a little bit of a personal touch. So when my children start in reception, I write every single child a handwritten card and say, you know, welcome to Crossbox Primary School on your first day because I'm reaching out to that family and I'm building a relationship. And unfortunately, we might, yes, we can use technology and we can use dojos, but sometimes sending out a little note saying, hi, it's I know I can't see you face to face at the moment, but I'm really excited to be teaching Sophie. Um, I think goes a long way because that you've taken the time to do that. And a, a parent would think, oh, that, that's really nice. Um, you know, they've gone yeah. the extra mile. Um, you might include some photos about yourself. You know, you've got a dog or I don't know, you, you like supporting Man United. I don't know, you know, just little bits and pieces mm. that, that makes you a human and not a stranger, um, I, I think would be a, a really nice way of, um, you know, of, of sort of approaching um, a, a new school, in a, a new class in, in times when you're not going to be on the door. Um, you know you're not going to be as present um, obviously you can still do all the follow whatever the school does with their communication but I think it would be nice to do something a little bit more personal 
um you know yeah. because we're so emails get lost in in because we get so many emails text messages parents get millions of text messages and and sometimes at my school we're guilty of sending too many text messages so they don't always read them so sometimes going back to basics and old school is it has quite yeah. an impact and a parent thinks oh actually that's really nice um that you've done that it's really encouraging to hear from um, someone who as a current head teacher now just saying you know be a bit more personable because I think when you're at university you kind of you're not scared necessarily to 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 show yourself as a human being but you get all the classic training you know online training this sort of stuff you you protect yourself blah 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 this sort of bits and pieces so to hear that you know as a head teacher working in your school for example you would want them to sort of go out of the way to 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 build that rapport and, and show them a little bit of your personality outside of the classroom is, is just really nice to hear from me personally. Yeah, it is important. Obviously, you're not going to put your own telephone number on and, you know, this is, my, this is where I live. Um, but for <laughs> my, I want my school to feel like a family and, and it, it is an extension of a child's home because they spend so much time with us. So I don't want my staff to be robots. No, I wouldn't want them to, you know, have a personal WhatsApp with any parent, but I would want my staff to be a bit more creative and, and, and go, you know, think a bit differently. Um, and, and my staff do some gorgeous things for, for our children, you know, send them little Christmas cards, send them little, um, little gifts and, you know, and it, it, it's those things that our children remember, um, you know, and that create memories. So university's right, you know, you've got to follow the school policy. Um, but there's nothing wrong with, with, with showing a little bit of, of the fact you're a human being, you know, and, and you have a warm side. Um, that's what's going exactly. to endear you to parents and families. Yeah, definitely. Just, just to round up the, the episode, uh, Nicola, we, we usually do like a CPD section. So usually this section uh, we reference uh, the studies or um, papers that we might have used uh, in our podcast. However, this week we're going to do something a little different because obviously you're a head teacher. So we thought it'd be appropriate if we went on our Instagram and asked people if they had any questions that they might like to ask about you. That was not directly related to the episode, but it was just an opportunity for people to just ask questions that they might, might be slightly worried about, about uh, coming up this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we've only, we've only got a couple. Um, so the first one is um, someone was asking for advice on how not to feel like a TA whilst on on placement, for example, in your teacher training years, essentially, because you want to be you, you want to be a student teacher. You don't want to be seen as someone who's doing like all the little side jobs. You you you, you want someone you want to be involved actively teaching, or is that part and parcel at, the, at this early stage something that you're just going to have to do? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a firm believer, no job's too little. Um, you roll your sleeves up. I've cut the grass at school. I've cleaned the windows at school. Um, I've, I've uh, vacuumed. I, I've done whatever needs to be done. And I cannot absolutely understand, you know, you want to take presence in the classroom and you why should you be laminating? Well, you do whatever needs to be done, um, you know, to get the job done. My, my school, we're a team um, and nobody thinks it's, you know, below them having to do a bit of guillotining or stick up a, a display. Um, and it's how you learn, you know, the, the, the craft, really. When I was a, when I was a student, um, <laughs> my, 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 final, my final practice, and she was called Dorothy Mins, and I absolutely loved her, um, and she was old school, my final practice, she ripped down every display in the classroom. There was nothing left in the classroom. And she said, it's yours. Make it your own. 
and I nearly had like a nervous breakdown but it was brilliant because I learned how to do displays quickly I learned how to do it was before the time of working walls um but um I learned how to um back work I learned the craft of, of running your own classroom because you also have to remember it's a privilege to have an LSA in a classroom and at our school they are learning support assistants they're not your personal assistant um so it's really important that yes as part of being a teacher you have a really nice learning environment for the children so it's important that you know how to do those things quickly and you're only going to learn how to do those if you get on and do it so in in my school I would expect trainee teachers to be at school from, you know, half past seven. Is there anything you want me to do? Preparing for your morning. If you're not teaching, then if the, if the class teacher needs you to go do some photocopying, then go do it. If the class teacher needs you to go make them a coffee, go make them a coffee. Because you know what? The class teacher will make you one, um, you, you know, when you're up to your eyeballs in marking and you're crying and you've got tonsillitis. <laughs> They'll be there to, um, you know, to pick you up. Um, so at the end of the day, you know, do you want me to do anything? You don't just tip off home at quarter to four you, you know you're there is there anything you'd like me to do for tomorrow and it's it's a team it's a it's a team effort because when you need their help then they're going to be there um to help you so um i was only talking to and that's something else everybody knows everybody in teaching um and every i know every head teacher in bradford so every head talks to every head and if you've got a really good trainee you might not be able to offer him a job in your school but you might say to your friends, oh, I've got a cracking trainee. He's brilliant. Um, have you got any jobs coming up? And so many people get jobs, you know, that way rather than necessarily answering a, a formal advert. Um, and, you know, I was one of my head teacher friends rang me the other day and she got a student that she was concerned about um, because she'd asked him to um, put out some sweets on the table um, for a maths lesson. And he said it was below him. And you know no Jeez. job is but no job is below you you know it is a primary school you know and if if i've got to shovel snow i will shovel snow if it means my parents and children can get through the front door um so yes i can yeah. see people wanting to be you know it's your first time in in the kitchen as the chef if you like but you've got to learn your craft um and and doing all those little jobs is is part of is part of the role so suck it up and get on with it I do, Turn I do, the I laminator like. on. Also, I'll make a mean coffee, to be fair. So, <laughs> happy days. I, I, I can vouch for that, to be fair. You do make yeah. a mean coffee. So, right? There you go, mate. Cheers, mate. Appreciate yeah, it. Spe speaking from experience of like working in, in, in your school under you, like you get out what you put in. And I def Absolutely. definitely benefited from that. And I learned that as soon as I well, what, what, walked in when I st started working for you. And yeah, massive, massively benefited me. Um, the next question uh, actually is quite relevant to both me and Matt because it's definitely something that we're both looking to go into potentially in the future. So it's tips for like NQTs and trainees interested in progressing into leadership at some point in the future. Yeah, your advice on on, on that essentially. Um, Someone that's done it, completed it. I think it's really important um, when you're looking for a job that you, you you get a, a school that the culture fits it's a fit with 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 you and and with them um and that you find a school that's uh, that's genuine about cpd that they don't just say it, that, that they're genuine about you know my school i want my staff to, to a lot of them come as nqts and stay with me all the way as far as i can get them um you know i can't afford to have 15 assistant heads but you know i'll get them as far as i can um, because i want them to develop a career with me at cross flats 
Um, so it's really important you do your homework and part of asking those questions um, when you are being interviewed um, is, you know, what, what does it, what does CPD look like? I am interested in doing MPQML, you know, um, National Professional Qualification in, in Middle Leadership. Um, and I think to start with, you know, get your head down, really cut your teeth, find your feet, become a really solidly excellent practitioner. And then once you've got all that under your, under your belt, then's the time to start picking up little bits and pieces. Um, and it might not be with extra money, but if you can see, um, you know, there's a need for something in school, a whole school project will really develop your understanding of how school works overall. And loads of my teachers um, offer to do whole school projects as the first run, you like, of, of, of management and, and leadership and, you know, offering to plan a school trip, for example, is, is a huge responsibility and you learn loads of, loads of skills doing things like that. Um, running an event at school um, for the whole school, not in your NQT year when you're finding your feet, but, you know, M2, M3, looking to take on those extra bits and pieces not because it comes with a tlr but because you want to because you want to develop that skill base um, and you'll be recognized for that and i notice things all the time everything gets back to me whether people believe it or not it, 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 you know, i see everything and i see people who are putting in that effort and it, it and i think oh I'll, I'll just note that um and then when i see an opportunity coming up a more formal opportunity then i'll think well look what they did they did this for me they did that for me maybe it's now the time for them to have a tlr um, you know, so those things are, you know, are, are really important as well. And just on the the final question, which I feel is quite interesting towards my personal experience um, with you. So someone asked, what do you look for in a training teacher, te uh, teacher when considering uh, employing them at your school? Now, from my experience with you, this is down to pers like personality and what the head teacher is looking for in that school. Now, I do recognise that I was extremely lucky in the fact that obviously you took a chance on me and obviously, yeah, I'm really grateful for, the, for that. For that. Look how that turned out. Cheers, Nicola. Thanks for ruining my life. No, I'm here. I'm here. Great. So, that, um, yeah, so the question is, what, what, what do you look for when you're in, employing Something to go up, and also you can maybe offer an insight of what head teachers might look for in general as a general consensus for um, yeah teachers applying for jobs essentially. Yeah, personality, enthusiasm, passion. Oh. Somebody who's got some verve. So, you know, I don't want somebody who's miserable and a Debbie Downer in front of my kids. I want somebody who's got energy and genuine love for kids and, and, and wants to be there, not because they didn't know what else to do. So I know I did a PGC. I can spot those people at a country mile away. Um, I want people who, who are genuinely committed um, to, to raising standards for kids and improving their life chances. And, I, you know, the, the, the passion comes through when you, when you talk, to, um, talk to people. Um, when you're on the, 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 the walk rounds, you know, I don't know if we'll do walk rounds in this new world, but in the olden days, um, when you're applying for a job, you would make an appointment to go look round. I can spot people there and then, you know, that I'm going to take through to interview um, because it's those people that know about my school. Um, so they've actually bothered to get, you know, go on the internet, look at the core values, look about my school and they're showing interest in it. And it's a genuine interest um, that they're, they're, they're bright eyed, um, you know, they're enthusiastic, but not too enthusiastic and don't ask too many questions because that's irritating as well. Um, but somebody who, 
is genuine about about the job because there's no job like it it's the best job in the world you know it's a brilliant job but I want to be surrounded by people who have positivity um, and and energy and 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 a love for the job so I think those things are really important that you you bring those things through when you're talking at when we do the look rounds and through your letter as well your letter of application is so important uh, you know at my school we might get 80 applicants for one job I'm looking for reasons to put your letter in the bin um, because I I can't interview 80 people and I have no inclination of interviewing 80 people I might take six through to interview so it's really important you write me a personal letter if you write me a letter that I can tell you've just copied and pasted my school name out, sometimes I get letters applying to a school uh, that isn't even my school and they write the wrong school name in and they've literally copied and pasted, bin, um, you know, so it's it's really important that it, it, it is hard when you're applying for jobs because you're also fin doing your final practice, it's really hard, you're tired, but it's really important that you take the time to get to know the school and like I said earlier, to have a successful NQT year and beyond it's super important you get the right fit for you and just like when you go look round to buy a house and you walk in and you think yes I, you get a feeling in your gut and you think yes I, I could live in this house it's exactly the same when you walk around schools there'll be some schools you walk around and you can't wait to get out and you, you run into your car and you just stood there being polite and you think this is not for me at all because the, the culture isn't right but then you'll walk into some schools and you'll just think yes I feel like I'm, I'm home this is this is the right place for me so it's 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 not just what head teachers are looking at in 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 future employees as students as, as NQTs but it's making sure you are also realistic about is this school going to suit me as a person because every school is different and every school has its quirks and I think that'll be the, the difference between success and failure so shall I pencil my walk around when you've got back up as early leaving, yeah? Is that, if you just want to drop me an email, um, I'll come down whenever. Um, but no, Nicholas, like I say, it's, you've given us such a fascinating insight, uh, particularly as trainees sort of building them teacher relationships up, how important it is to build their relationship up with parents and just your passion for the job your love for the job and it's it's reflected on this interview today so um for anyone that wants to get in touch with us following the episode uh by all means jump on on instagram on at the teacher of tomorrow or virus on twitter uh at tft pod but for me personally nicola it's been an absolute pleasure to to speak to you i've heard so many oh, great things about you and you've you've delivered so um oh, yeah thank you i've enjoyed Thanks. myself Oh, good. I'm glad. Well, it makes a change. That's, it makes a change. <laughs> Normally, you can't wait to get off, so we must have done something right this week, Sam. Just like hammering me for the whole episode. That's all it was. <laughs> I have not. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, thanks for coming on. And You're yeah. welcome. You're welcome. You. And all the best. All the best with the, with, with the rest of the PGCE. Oh, cheers. Thanks very much. To get in touch with us following the latest podcast episode, head over to at the Teachers of Tomorrow on Instagram or over on Twitter via at TFT Pod. <laughs>